All right, let's do this one last time. My name is Drew Dodger, and for the last couple months, I've been doing a podcast with my good buddy, Jacob Heron. While we love film in general, with us being artists and all, we have a fascination with animation, and we decided to start an audio podcast after we both geeked out over the animated Transformers movie. We're not perfect, we've gotten names wrong, and we don't always agree on movies. But at the end of the day, we try to bring an informative and entertaining show to you all. And we'd like to welcome you to The Cellcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me this morning is a man swimming in tree stars, Jacob. Why, thank you. And I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who just had to get stuck in a tar pit. Welcome, Drew. Well, that was the last time I went to California, so... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how are you doing tonight, Jacob? Man, I'm doing good. We are coming off... For this morning, whatever time of day you know, what, Whatever time this you know, going to be. Whenever y'all listen to it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, had a long day at work. Uh, it's been three days, technically, ever since we recorded our last episode. Right, because New Year's was a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now we're back on schedule as things go. As things go, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, long day at work, as most days at work are, I'm sure. And that. Mm-hmm. Uh, flabbergasting has occurred, so... You know. Nothing overly exciting? No, nothing overly exciting. I did walk five miles the other Really? Where? Yeah. Uh, you know, over there. Yeah. Well, that over there behind that Whataburger that's shown is the okay. start of. Oh yeah, I heard about that. I walked all the way. Oh, back. nice. That's five miles. Oh wow. Yeah. And yes, I was sore and out of breath. <laughs> you are more to the five k. Maybe so, but at the same time, I'm still a big guy, <laughs> so maybe I don't need to worry about leg day. As they say. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I'm trying to get back in the shape where I was uh, a couple of months ago. You mean back in September? Yeah, back in September. When you played volleyball without a shirt on? Yes, that, that's a very interesting story for another time, though. I think we told that story. I, I think we did. I got myself extremely sunburned. Yes. To where at one point in the night, I was couldn't, sli- I couldn't sleep, s- and I was screaming my head off in pain. I'm not saying you don't need to get back in that shape. I'm just saying next time, wear a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Or wear sunblock. That too. <laughs> yes. Weatherproof. Waterproof. Sunblock. Waterproof sunblock. Anyway, uh, what have you been watching, <laughs> if you, if anything, in the last well, three te- days? Well, technically, I have because uh, today at lunch, I was because I was I was watching a I was watching a, a YouTube video this mm-hmm. morning about Transformers of all things. Exactly, and so one of the episodes is uh, Transformers: The Basics. Mm-hmm. It's Here's how to transform. First, you turn your little hand a little bit like this. <laughs> then you do this other thing. I'm just remembering those trans when you bought a transformer. Oh yeah, the instructions on how to do it, and you looked at it once and figured it out. And then you just made your own way. Yeah, <laughs> and your own transformations. <laughs> right. Be like I, kind of a weird sign, but like I nearly bought a transformer just a few days ago because they're again nostalgia, and I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, they've got these. The, the newer toys out in which they're like the function is re- the uh, transformations are really cool but i digress 
So I'm watching this episode of Transformers The Basics, and they do one on Cheetor from oh, Beast Wars. Okay. And I was like, ooh, I really like that character. He's basically uh, this generation's Bumblebee. Yeah. And in the episode, they mentioned like, oh, Cheetor is in this uh, new series, Transformers Cyberverse. I'm like, ooh. And I was like, ooh, I wonder. So I checked it out on YouTube. And sure enough, he's in the episode. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> so yeah, I was geeking out over Still watching. Uh, no, because they have him go full on. No, apparently he's a like a he's a they've done different continuity changes throughout throughout uh right. ever since the end of Beast Wars. Makes sense that now apparently he is a character from a different planet of like Beast Transformers, in which their modes in other are words, the continu- somewhat because one of the episodes. They apparently have two two characters. What, who was it? It was uh, RC and another character. Another character. They were they decided to be they were bored. They went out. They came back. Everything was frozen. Everything was locked out. Couldn't do anything. So shenanigans proceed, and they're like, "Oh, we need to get the power back on. Let's use Cheetor. Cheetor is basically in stasis lock as a cheetah. Mm-hmm. It's like basically pick up Cheetor, and apparently if." Cheetor touched something, it would come on. So apparently they're just ramming his head into this this Poor matrix che- thing. This matrix thing. Poor to, Cheetor. It's <laughs> just like thump, thump, thump. It's like poor cheater. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the one thing I watched. And uh I was laughing my ever li- I was laughing on the inside because I'm watching this at lunch and everyone's because mm-hmm. What are you laughing at? I'd be like, I'm laughing at this. I'd be like, you're a nerd. It's like, I know it. Isn't it great? <laughs> Anyways, have you been watching anything in the last three days? I've gotten in a couple things. Um, continuing my watch, Thors. Ah. Got to the episode, our good friends, C-3PO and R2-D2. Oh, fun. The first episode I watched, and I'm sorry I don't remember it, but they, they, they were there to... Provide relief race. Yeah. That's very, I'm just saying the Prime Directive. Um, <laughs> it never did. It never did work in Star Trek, but that's no. beside the point. Um, so apparently they're on. Okay. And the the, tri- the tri- people know how to to go take care of this, despite the fact all the clones that are actually doing the work, they tell them to do all that. So they end up tricking C-3PO and R2-D2 down this hole that is this other underground world. Right. Filled with... Fairies, in essence. <laughs> fairies, in Okay, sorry. Filled with fairies, for instance. And apparently the air of the surface is toxic to them, while the air below the surface is toxic to the above-ground dwellers. All they really needed was someone to get up there and close the hole. That C-3PO and R2-D2 went down. I gotcha. It was a fun episode. We are trying to see them trying... It was cool watching C-3PO and R2-D2 have to work together to try to fix this uh problem that they were facing but yeah still kind of a weird episode the second one though was a take on gulliver's travels hmm you know that story yes including having c-3po and r2d2 tied down to a beach by all these little guys okay i'm like this is creative and cool i'm surprised they got away with this and I know the, the original story is def is old, so old it doesn't matter anymore. But it's like 
this almost doesn't work in Star Wars, and yet it does. Huh. So, yeah, I did that. Plus, today I got in an episode, or I guess since they're 15-minute episodes, two episodes of Phineas and Ferb. Okay. Because I'm still loving this show. Hmm. Um, it was, Today was the funniest one I think I'd seen in a long time. Okay. So, one of the things that usually occurs, you know, every episode, Phineas and Ferb build something. It disappears before Candace can bust them to her mother. Because... That's how it works. So Candace is trying to figure out where these things go when they disappear. I got you. Of course, if you're watching the show, you know why all the stuff disappears. It's because it it gets destroyed in the aftermath between Perry the Platypus and Dr. Doofenshmirtz's battle. And that same thing happens here. But the funny thing is, this time, Dr. Doofenshmirtz has created an invisibility ray. So it's still there, even though they... (laughs) Destroy it. You know, it's gone. Right. And what's funny is the way the battle is going back and forth, it's timed exactly as uh, Candace's and Phineas's mom are pulling up the driveway. And she keeps saying, okay, back up. It's back. Okay, pull forward. It's gone again. <laughs> it's going back and forth sure. like this for a couple <laughs> minutes. Finally, she pulls up and says, okay, I'm just going to park. I'll be there in a minute. And, so, and uh Phineas t- yells at her, hey, Candace, it's still here. It's just invisible. It's like, well, how can I make Mama see this? Paint! So she runs to the garage, gets paint as she's coming out right. with her mom. Off on the other storyline, we get to uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz and say, well, the nice thing about you know, Perry the Platypus, since I can't defeat you, uh, I'll change this. Uh, I'll turn the, uh, the, 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 the invisibility. In- Sorry. The Invisinator, because everything of his is an innator. Okay. And uh, I'll turn it, I'll, I'll switch it over to, uh, uh, instead of making things invisible, I'll make, I'll vaporize them. Okay. Turning it from an Invisinator <laughs> to a vaporizer. V- v- vaporinator. Okay. That's probably not how he said it. I'm just trying, I'm guessing here. Yeah. So, of course, the last thing it was aimed at was their big crazy invention. <laughs> oh, gosh. Fires it, and it's still invisible at this point, so it blows up invisible so you don't see anything and candace is running out with this campaign look mom look and she goes and throws it right where the thing's supposed to be it's not there anymore and just the paint splashes out all over the ground she's going oh i give up i don't even know what's going on anymore just candace i know you're having a hard the summer's been hard on you dealing with your brothers and you've you're under a lot of stress Uh, you are welcome to come and have cookies with us as soon as you clean up the backyard <laughs> oh too funny because she just dropped paint all over the backyard oh gosh i was laughing my ever loving mind off in the truck at work with the window down because it was so stinking funny and it wouldn't be this funny if it weren't for the fact that i've watched all the other episodes before and i know what's happening because there's a formula they follow, and yeah. the nice thing when they when the show has a formula, yeah. when they mess with the formula, it's hilarious because it still follows the rules of the formula. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Now, so, just, yeah. okay, just to clarify, the other character who I mentioned was Grimlock. Ah, Grimlock. Yeah. And so in this this series, Grimlock be like he's a very be like his his uh, his transformer mode be like he's a very intelligent character who's very witty. Wait, 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 wait. wait. 
Grimlock as in the Dinobot. Yeah, the Dinobot <laughs> is very intelligent, very scientific kind of character. As in me, Grimlock, going to uh, yes, that's Grimlock on our way. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like same character, same uh, a little bit different. Okay, because be he's like, had an upgrade a little bit in well, the brain department. <laughs> yes. No longer has the brain the size of a peanut. That that would matter in, in a robot. <laughs> no, but they uh, throughout the different series they try to uh, utilize different characters mm-hmm. and they reimagine Dinobot, not Dinobot, but Grimlock as this 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 character. Now the switch is whenever he goes into his uh his transform mode. He's dumb as a brick. Okay. <laughs> me Grimlock this. Me Grimlock that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so it's a it's a Jekyll and Hyde kind of mode mm-hmm. <laughs> where he's very intelligent and he's dumber than a brick. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, very very funny of where these two characters are trying to figure out how to make everything go back to normal without killing everybody in themselves. So yeah, it's very funny. All right. Got it. Uh, what kind of what do we got in the news? Uh, what we got in the news? Well, there's not so much have been development in the last three days. The only thing that I've noticed was the Golden Globes mm-hmm. recently wrapped, and the winner of the Best Animation Film for 2020, 20 or 19. Whatever the awards were Sunday. Yeah. I don't know. Remember if the year is the year the awards take place or the year the awards are for. I think it's 20. Anyway, so apparently the this winner, year's Golden Globes. Yeah, this year's Golden Globe for Best Animation was Missing Link, okay. a movie I that I still haven't seen it. Me either, but there again, I'm not surprised it won. I'm not surprised. No, it's Ardman. Ardman makes good stuff. It's oh yeah, they're kind of like Pixar. Yeah, the fact that they don't nothing they make is bad. It just may not be. It's just hit or miss if it's enjoyable that makes any sense it's always technically very good but storyline wise is not always the case and i haven't seen it yet so. i got you me either but somewhat we'll probably review it oh yeah we got to go th- we eventually we have to go through our, most of ardman's library what, what we don't review in a role gotcha all right so yeah that's all the news i can think of it's all the news i'm aware of all right so we should go into our spoiler free a review of the land before time yes since this is your movie you start all right so the land before time kind of we discussed this earlier before we recorded but it's kind of a flip from um muppet christmas carol a muppet christmas carol because the land before time was the first movie i ever saw in theaters and i've never seen it before tonight. Yeah. Or so before yesterday. Yeah. So or day before that yesterday. is actually kind of funny. Yeah. Because it was the other way around from up at Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. Because it was my first theater thing to watch in a theater. Yeah. And you'd never seen it no. before. Ooh. Ooh. Spicy. Yeah. Cheesy. Cheesy spicy. Anyway. Cheesy spicy. Ah, uh, cheddar, 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 cheddar. Cheddar more better. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Where were you? <laughs> what <laughs> i don't know where were you <laughs> i don't know something about this was the fir- uh your first movie to ever watch in a theater and that's the right time i'd ever seen it that's and right it was backwards from uh, my yeah. christmas carol right i remember enjoying this film as a kid mm-hmm. and 
literally watching it in theaters, it kind of scared me because Shark 2 was very scary as a little four-year-old. Understandable. <laughs> and uh, I remember watching it every once in a while as a kid, but I think this was the first time I saw it in probably a decade and a half, two year, two decades. Mm-hmm. So watching it now as an adult would be like, it's like, okay, it's an interesting story. It's definitely a kid's movie. Oh, yeah. It's most definitely a kid's story. And it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say be like, oh, I, I wasted, you know. 70 minutes. 70 minutes of my life Believe watching me, I know it's 70 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, was, it was an enjoyable film. I mean, it's definitely family friendly beyond mm-hmm. belief. And uh, yeah, definitely if your kid is really into dinosaurs, yeah, check it out. What about you? What did I think of The Land Before Time? Well, if I told you it lived up to my expectations, you'd probably think that was a good thing, right? Yeah, you think. You'd be wrong. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't hate this movie. Okay. I just don't enjoy this movie. Okay. I can't tell you what it is. It's just The Land Before Time in any of its forms. I had 14. Any, well, I'd only maybe seen three or four. Yeah. Of the other ones, but uh, any of the other ways I'd ever seen it is just never uh, clicked with me. I gotcha. It just wasn't something I was interested in, probably because to some degree, as a child, I was not a dinosaur kid like most kids from the 90s were. Because uh, I didn't see Jurassic Park as a kid. Yeah. Closest thing to dinosaurs I had was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And, th- and that doesn't count. Tyrannosaurus! <laughs> Technically, and two of their dinosaurs weren't dinosaurs, but that's no. Three of their dinosaurs were not dinosaurs, <laughs> but that's about on par here because uh, what I do know of dinosaurs now, I know at least one of them wasn't a dinosaur. Technically, yeah, not that they knew that at the time, no. Um, and I still have to wonder about some other things, but yeah. Admittedly, the story is a bit dark. Yeah, it's a bit dark. Which is not a bad thing. It's no. just, well, this is Don Bluth that is most depressing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. For most of this movie. I mean, not. I don't want to get into a spoiler, but there's a certain scene dealing with Littlefoot and a sharp tooth mm-hmm. that's like, you did, you made kids watch this? This was aimed at kids? <laughs> aimed at kids? I mean, admittedly, this is a little, this is not. Um, I would say this is definitely not written for adults because no. the everything it feels like in some ways this, it, the writing feels like what you would see in a little golden book. Yeah, in the in terms of the writing, in terms of oh yeah, the really really simplistic. It's very simple, which is not a bad thing if used right. But at the same time, I'm looking at this and going, this is a little this. I'll put it this way. Where an American tale ha- always had something that impressed me at every single turn. Oh, yeah. In terms of story, in terms of animation. Oh, yeah. And all that. The Land Before Time, despite coming out after yeah. American Tale. Oh, yeah. Just was not that impressive no, to me. I agree. And, I, and it was very dreary due to the fact that for... 99% of this movie, we're in the middle of a desert. True. 
which and it's a very red desert. Yes, it's, it is. It's the same it's, red and orange. It's the, I, admittedly, I understand kind of what they're doing. They're yeah. showing the as the world was slowly uh, losing its vegetation. I'm assuming after the giant meteor hit the edge of Mexico that killed the dinosaurs. Yeah. And that this was supposed to be the last herds. Mm-hmm. And somehow they found a valley and they survived at least for another 50 years. I'm assuming 50 years. Roughly. I'm assuming they got old enough for the kids to be adults. Yeah. Before they I, got snuffed. I don't think. Spoiler any alert. These, I don't think any of the uh, other movies ever got to the point. No. Where the, the kids were adults. Which if they had that might be interesting. Yeah. To see how these people are as uh, more adults and having to deal with their kids. And then end with the meteor coming down. That would be funny. That would be, and be funny. very sad. <laughs> but I, it's like, well, that's how you end this. Yeah, that you is true. End it so it can never come back. <laughs> because honestly, as much as as cool a concept as this is, yeah, I feel to some degree it has no purpose in some ways. Especially I mean, for one movie, it's fine. It yeah. works as one, but the fact that this will continue somehow for thirteen more movies, yeah, plus a TV show. And I'm sitting here going, how do you have, for this simple concept, this much sequel territory? But, anyway. Oh, gosh. Okay. It helps that Don Bluth didn't touch the rest of this, and he never intended for there to be sequels. Yeah. That helps in a lot of this, because I can see what his vision was, Mm -hmm. and where he ends the story is a good spot to end the story, as it's the end of the adventure. Yeah, agreed. I will go with that far. It's just... Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so to bring up a very interesting point, you know, not going into the movie, but when they say be like, "Oh, Land Before Time was your 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 fascination with dinosaurs," no, it actually wasn't. I didn't say it was your fascination with dinosaurs. Oh yeah, I, I know. The I prob- said before because I made an assumption. Yeah, but it was a bad assumption, which is why I didn't say it here. Yeah, but now everyone knows I made this assumption, so it was all a moot point. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, my my big interest in dinosaurs was actually Jurassic Park. That movie scared the crap out of me as a kid in theaters. Because it's actual dinosaurs and not fairy tale dinosaurs. <laughs> that is true. But not that the sharp tooth was any less scary, no matter if it's uh, CG and animatronic or cell shaded. <laughs> Very true. So either way, all right. Well, that's going to uh, well yeah. We're going to now move into our spoiler-filled review of The Land Before Time. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie The Land Before Time. Listener discretion is advised. The Land Before Time was directed by Don Bluth, of course. Being Don Bluth month. Yes. Uh, He has also directed Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair 2 Time Warp, and Space Ace, all three were uh, video games released in arcades using the then at the time uh, technically impressive use of LaserDisc. Yeah. Which is cool at the time. Oh, yeah. They were able to, it, it was a very, those were the most expensive machines in the arcade. Oh, yeah. Because of how expensive those LaserDisc players were. And also, they're actually the most hard, if you're trying to get uh, original equipment now, yeah. the discs are wearing out. Really? To, and they're going through a laser rot, as they oh, call it. Oh, really? Because they're getting about that old, and many of the players are, you have to do extensive 
repairs. Really? Well, because uh, I'll give you an idea. Every time it loaded a scene, like on a DVD, yeah, similar concept here. The motor had to move. The, the motor had to move to that track mm-hmm. and read the data. Well, not data in the case of Laserdisc because yeah. it's analog video signal, but essentially read that section, and it would have to make that switch maybe once every couple seconds. Yeah. Now, of course, scenes that were together were filmed together. We're, we're next to each other on the disc. Yeah. But stuff like, say, the, uh, well, when it would switch to the next room, that, because the rooms were randomized in the first Dragon Slayer. Yeah. It would, could be anywhere on that disc except for the end, because you only got to the end after you went through a certain number of rooms. Right. And the games were also incredibly hard. <laughs> I have tried to play the DVD version. Really? It was on that, you could put in a DVD player. Yeah. And play with your remote. Oh, kind of cool. Okay, don't get me wrong there. Yeah, but it is hard. Okay, it's very hard because timing is a thing, and of course with the remote, I'm sure there's a timing issue there. But oh yeah, it was a very tough game to play. I never be. I did, I still haven't beat it in the couple of times I played it. So. Yeah, I think uh, I had the chance to play. I think one game. I care. It was one of the one of those three. Oh, it's also on uh, iOS. I think I've played tried it there too. Oh okay, which is a little easier because then you could tap the thing it's supposed to go in. Oh yeah. Uh, the one I tried years ago, went over to a, went to a friend's house after school and, uh, they had, I think the leopard system, mm-hmm. it'd be like that really old, really expensive program. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Jaguar, Jaguar, Atari Jaguar, Atari Jaguar. Okay. They had an Atari I Jaguar. Think. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I knew it was, was some kind of cat. <laughs> that was an attempt to beat Nintendo and Sega at their own console war and it failed miserably. Yeah. Because I remember seeing that, it's like, oh my gosh, that's incredible graphics. Like, yeah, it's a really expensive game too. In fact, an interesting. Th- I, I, I'm a little off topic. Yeah, we because we are hit, we hit video games. Yeah, we hit where a lot of my nerddom was for a long time. Okay, so the Atari Jaguar failed so miserably Jaguar. That, <laughs> that Atari sold the molds for the casing. Okay, of the system, they sold them to a dental hygienist company. For some kind of device they were using. Yeah. So there are places, in some particularly old ones, you can find what is essentially an Atari Jaguar plastic case that's white. Even has the little door for the cartridge port to go in. (laughs) Okay. In fact, there's nothing to go in there on this piece of medical equipment. Wow. How badly Atari Jaguar failed. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. They couldn't even keep the molds for the plastic case. Wow. That thing went in. That is insane. Anyway, (laughs) back to the land before time. Okay. Uh, It was once again, much like um, our previous movie, American Tale, it was the story. The screen. The story was written by Judy Freudberg and Tony Geis. Mm hmm. And they have literally not done anything except for this and Sesame Street. Oh, okay. Because I looked through the entire filmography this afternoon thinking surely they wrote something besides Sesame Street, Sesame Street related material, American Tale, and Land Before Time. <laughs> surely not. there's something, and there's not. Uh, hey, sometimes when you get on a streak, you're, you do for the mm-hmm. rest of your career. However, the screenplay was written by Stu Krieger. He did have a bit of a uh, career after okay. Land Before Time. Working for uh, Disney Channel, 
He wrote the scripts for the mo- for the Disney Channel original movies, Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, okay. Smart House, Phantom of the Megaplex, and of course, Xenon the Zequel. The Zequel. The Zequel. Because <laughs> you had to get that Z back in there. Yeah. The music was, once again, written by James Horner. Okay. Uh, this time I actually look, bothered to look at his IMDb instead of saying the ones I knew. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he wrote, he composed the music for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. The Rocketeer. Yes. And ironically enough, we're back. A dinosaur story. <laughs> okay. The worst <laughs> dinosaur movie ever made. <laughs> so at least, you know, I don't a- actively dislike this movie. It's okay. Worse something I think that's worse. For anyway. Another movie we'll probably get around in the future. Eventually. Really. Eventually. A movie I have not seen. You're not missing anything. Okay, good. Okay, so the cast. Judith Barcy played Ducky. <laughs> this is in order. Oh, okay. And then they appeared for the most part. Gotcha. Uh, in All Dogs Go to Heaven, which was her last role, she played Anne Marie. Oh. And this is a very sad story. Oh, yeah. I've as heard, to why heard. she only, these were her last two roles. Yeah, it was sad. Yeah. Uh, go look that up if you're interested due to the family-friendly nature of this podcast. We will yeah. not be getting into that, but it's very, yeah. very sad. It is. Pat Hingle, who was the narrator and the voice of Reuter, mm-hmm. uh, or Pat, that's who Pat Hingle played, was the narrator and the voice of Reuter. In the Tim Burton and well, the Burton and Shoemaker yeah. Batman films. Yeah, Joe Schumacher. Joel Schumacher, yeah. Well, I say Shoemaker. Schumacher. Okay. Anyway. He played Commissioner Gordon in those four movies. Really? The only character besides Alfred, I think, to stay in all four wow. movies. Wow. Okay, yeah, you're right. This okay. Guy. Oh, okay. Now I could totally hear it now. <laughs> yeah. A Gabriel Damon played Littlefoot. And uh, he did not have much of a career after this, but in uh he he and that's actually going to be common in a lot of these, is a lot of these people didn't do much of note after this movie. Uh, but uh, Gabe, uh, he was in uh, Gabriel Damon was in the movie RoboCop Two. Was he was a child actor? He played the character of Hob. Okay. Who was apparently a kid working for the gang that oh. RoboCop was trying to defeat in that movie. Oh, okay. I did just a quick look to see who the character was. Gotcha. Helen Shaver plays Littlefoot's mother, and in the Amityville Horror, she played Carolyn. Oh, okay. I've never watched the I mean, me, Amityville Horror. Me either. I'm not a horror person. I'm hoping Carolyn is a major character. <laughs> and maybe yeah. someone who dies quickly. I don't know. Well, if you if our audience does know who like who she played and yes. what her role was, let us know. I'm curious, but not curious enough to watch the movie yeah. without being forced to. Um, Bill Irwin plays uh, Littlefoot's grandfather. And um, he was another one of those guys who is an extra in everything he's in in uh planes trains and automobiles he is man on plane okay and in home alone he was man in airport okay then so he got off the plane at least we know apparently <laughs> um burke uh barn barnes i think is how you say his name barnes maybe played uh daddy tops which i believe is supposed to be sarah's yeah. father yeah Daddy Tops has a weird name. That's how it's that is how it's written listed in I Really? Daddy, Daddy Top Tops. I, I'm curious enough to plug the movie in to see 
how they credited him in the actual credits <laughs> of the movie. But in, on IMDb, he was listed as Daddy Tops. Wow. Okay. In the, the the horror movie Child's Play Three, okay, he played Sergeant Clark. Hmm. Okay. I don't know who, in, who this person is. So, anyway, Candace Hudson plays Sarah. Okay. And pretty much, she reprised this role in Land Before Time two, three, and four, and that's about it. Huh. Which is kind of also sad, but in a different way. Yeah. Um. Will Ryan was Petrie. Okay. Who, if you remember, was uh, Digit in American Tale. That's right. He was also in the, in the television show Courage the Cowardly Dog. Okay. He played the Duck Brothers. Okay. Never saw it. Okay. They were aliens. Okay. Who were trying to get Muriel to eat their egg for some reason. Wow. And, of course, Courage was trying to stop them because that's the thing of the show. Yeah. All right. So. Diana Ross mm-hmm. is played the balladeer, which I couldn't figure out what that was. The balladeer. That's how it's listed. It was an uncredited role technically for her. Okay. And I could not find what the balladeer was. Huh. But it's in the movie somewhere. Okay. Maybe it's the the song she sings at the end of the movie. They give her a credit as a character. You know, that actually makes more sense. It balladeer. does. It's a ballad. Why didn't they just say the singer? I would know that. <laughs> but anyway, in uh, in The Wiz, yeah. she played Dorothy. Okay. Uh, and Joe Ranft played Spike. Spike had a voice. Wait till you see. Okay. <laughs> but uh, besides Spike, he played Lenny the Binoculars in Toy Story. Okay. Heimlich in A Bug's Life. And... Wheezy the Penguin in Toy Story 2. Okay. <laughs> he was actually an animator, and these are all cameo roles. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. And last, but most certainly not least, our good buddy Frank Welker. Surprise, surprise. Nowhere. Was another voice for Spike. Oh, he was the... <laughs> Chomp, 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 Maybe, chomp, chomp. I'm guessing. Uh, he also <laughs> he grunt, played. He grunts. <laughs> he also played the sharp tooth. Okay, that makes sense. And the dome head gang. The dome. He- oh the yeah, dome dinosaurs. He played all the members of that dinosaur. Yeah. And because after we got done recording last week, yeah, you pointed out that I somehow didn't could not find anyone for an American tale that was in Kingdom Hearts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I expressly did a Google search to find if Frank Walker ever voiced anybody in Kingdom Hearts. He is the voice of Experiment 221, a.k.a. Sparky, from uh, <laughs> Lilo and Stitch. Stitch Universe. Yes. And he appears in the game, Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> Literally, drop mic. Yes. <laughs> Very that good. was so much fun when I saw that. I was like, okay, good. He did play a character. I wonder if that was a, if he actually came in to record or if that was archival footage. I don't care. <laughs> Very good, sir. Very good. <laughs> All right. So, production company was Ambient Entertainment with Lucasfilm. Yes. And also, Solon Bluth Incorporated. Yes. All right. It was attributed by Universal Pictures. Mm-hmm. It was released November 18th, 1988. So that means I've been about four. 
No, about four or five years old. Yeah, at this point, been four. I'd be three. Uh, okay. I'm not sure how that works in the map. Oh, we're very close. Yeah, we're relatively close. We're, like within, we're, we're like within a year of each other. So yeah, yeah, roughly. Because I was born at the very end of 80, uh, 82. And I was born at the end of 85. Okay. That still doesn't work in the math. All right. End of 82, 87. You'd have been a little over five. Okay. Been about five. Close to... I, yeah. I don't know the exact month. That's right. That's right. That's right. You'd be five and I was... Yeah, I would have been turning six. And I would have been eighty. I would have been three. Yeah, okay, that's that makes right. more sense. That makes more sense. That makes a lot I was like, wait, I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute, because I, I started school in nineteen eighty eight. Yes, I know I'm old. Um, but we're not know. alone. <laughs> I think most, I think most of our audience <laughs> are this age. Yes. <laughs> All right. So don't feel bad. Is what yeah. I'm trying to say. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right. Moving on. All right. Moving right along. So the movie had a budget of twelve million five hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Its opening U.S. weekend release was seven million five hundred plus million dollars. Mm-hmm. Its U.S. gross was forty-eight million plus dollars. Mm-hmm. Its worldwide release was eighty-four. Plus million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely made its budget back. Right. And no wonder this made so many stinking sequels. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a moneymaker. Oh, yeah. I'm just surprised they had enough to work with. Because <laughs> as far as I'm aware, they only ever added one character. And that was the baby sharp tooth. They added a baby sharp tooth? Oh, I remember this because <laughs> it was like in movie four. I remember seeing the commercials for it and going... <laughs> What's wrong with adding a Tyrannosaurus to the group? <laughs> I hadn't seen any of these movies. I didn't know why that was bad. Yeah. Because in my mind, dinosaurs are dinosaurs. They don't eat each other, right? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> well, to my credit. I should have known, but I didn't know. <laughs> my experience with dinosaurs, if I remind you once again, was Power Rangers. <laughs> which doesn't count. <laughs> Triceratops. Tyrannosaurus, <laughs> Dragon Zord. Because a Dragon Zord is a is a is a, is a, is a dinosaur, sure. <laughs> also, saber tooth tiger and mastodon Don. and a pterodactyl. Not that they knew. I don't remember when the pterodactyl officially was no longer a dinosaur. I think it was somewhere in the nineties. Yeah, it, I still remember being. It. But a, still, it's, it's a flying lizard. It counts as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm not a scientist, but Pluto is still a planet for all intents and purposes. Maybe not scientifically, but for Sailor Moon, it is. Okay, just to say, the Pink Ranger was kind of cute. Okay, I'm just saying. She was also the only one with a career. That is is true. That is so true. Anyways. This is the weirdest offshoot we've ever done. Okay. Okay. Back so, to, but you know, back to the movie about I, dinosaurs. We're still on your section, or did you finish? No, I'm finished. Oh, you're waiting on my synopsis. Yes, I am waiting on okay. your synopsis. So here's the synopsis, people. It's the age of dinosaurs, but the age of dinosaurs is coming to an end. End of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. So, as as the world is slowly ending, the dinosaur herds are slowly making their way across the countryside 
trying to find what in their mythology is called the Great Valley, a promised land where, where there's green trees for as far as the eye can see and no one will ever run out of food, bull hockey. Yeah, this sounds like another synopsis from another movie we just recently recorded. Yes. There are no cats in America, and there are tree stars as far as the eye can see in the Great Valley. You Don't you believe it? <laughs> so, on the way, uh, a group of, a herd of brachiosaurs, as, or brontosauruses, sorry, mm -hmm. as we call them, or as they themselves call themselves, long necks. A, a, a herd of a grand total of three, a mother, and uh, oh, a, one dinosaur and two others, are there. Are, the mother gives birth to a little one that they call Littlefoot. Littlefoot, despite being a kindergartner's dinosaur brought to life. Yeah, pretty much. And also kind of, while brave, kind of the dorkiest little thing that ever existed. That is true. Uh, gets himself separated from the herd by chasing a baby Triceratops by the name of Sarah. With a C. With a C. Because it's Sarah Tops. I guess. Yes, it's Sarah Tops. Expect there's supposed to be a T in Sarah and Triceratops. Anyway, there's supposed to be a try. And admittedly, she doesn't have three horns. No, she's a two horn. She doesn't even have two horns. She has a one horn. She has whatever this hair thing in the back <laughs> is called. That admittedly, all the other Triceratops have two, but she hasn't really gotten her horns yet, except for the little bitty one on her nose. There's, yeah. So she's she, a war horn. She's a one. She's she's a unicorn. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. <laughs> so, uh, they end up getting separated from their herds because of prejudice and fighting and blah, 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 blah. So, and tectonic shifts. And movie. tectonic shifts. And there's an earth shake. Yeah. Not an earthquake. An earth, earth shake. shake. <laughs> because if you change one letter, it makes it new, a new term. It makes it a new unit. People who. Yeah, anyway. So, along the way, uh, so they. Because prejudice requires that the long neck and the. What do the triceratops. Three horns. Three horns, sorry. Since prejudice requires the long necks and the three horns to travel separately because they don't act together. They go their separate ways with Littlefoot coming across a duck-billed dinosaur named Ducky. Yep, yep, yep. A pterodactyl who can't fly named Petrie. And eventually a spike tail oh. who, is, they, who Ducky creatively names Spike. <laughs> and eventually they'll run into Sarah again. However, Sarah's got bad news. She's found a, a sharp tooth. It's the same sharp tooth that... I forgot to mention, killed Littlefoot's mother because that's not depressing <laughs> at all. <laughs> so Sarah's now begrudgingly going with them because she's aware she doesn't know how to get to the Great Valley, but Littlefoot does. But she's still got enough pride and prejudice and mm. not zombies to travel across the land with these group of people, but will not participate in anything they do. It happens to be disappearing. And even when they think they find the Great Valley, she says, I claim it! And they get there, like, all the dinosaurs that we have no idea what they are. They kind of look like brontosauruses. Yeah. But they're not, and they eat way too fast. Yeah. They they're lawnmowers. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not the Great Valley. No kidding. Hey, you think? If that was the Great Valley, that's the worst Great Valley that ever existed. That's not even a good valley. That's a bad valley. <laughs> it's not. It's not Death Valley because that's in California. 
Anyway, <laughs> eventually they make it to the Great Valley after they've learned to work together and be friends and somehow defeated the uh, Sharp Tooth, yeah. a.k.a. the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> and if I did my research, I could probably find that most of these dinosaurs did not actually exist at the same time. But no, I'm not going there. Not during that period. Not during that period. And... Uh, Everything's hunky-dory until the animators, without Don Bluth's help, decide they need to make a sequel. And, and then another sequel. And then another sequel. And it goes on and on and on. When until does they the got, madness end? When the land before time quits making money. <laughs> I don't know how much money they're making, but it's enough yeah. to keep going. <laughs> because now it's a franchise. Oh. And now it's an old enough franchise that the kids watch the original movies and want to get introduced to kids it's like star wars now yeah that's you true got, it's gone long <laughs> enough that the people who were kids when it came out have kids so they're giving them land before time because they love that show as a kid what do you mean this is episode 14 <laughs> what do you mean this is now digitally animated and looks nothing like the original cell shaded animation what do you mean there's a television show <laughs> I may be a little jaded, <laughs> just, just, just despite a little bit. the fact I am not that big a fan of this movie. <laughs> anyway, since I went on my little tirades rant yeah. synopsis thing, what is the first thing you liked about this movie? Uh, I would say my first would be the journey. Mm-hmm. The simple of the journey of these characters coming together. Uh, not even look past their differences, more the journey of them discovering how to get to the great Valley and the lessons they learn upon that journey. And now grant as a, as a very small child, a little five-year-old be like, I didn't get any of this. Cause I was hiding underneath the seat. <laughs> right. Because the sharp tooth come out at any moment. Exactly. He quite did quite a few times, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a lot of the journey, a lot of the journey and the, uh, you know, like they always to be like, it's, it's a journey, not the destination. And this is so much of the movie is the journey, mm-hmm. the journey. And yeah, I'll get into that somewhat later in the dislikes. Yes. What about you? I liked that each of the characters are fully realized in many ways. I think looking at this ahead of time. Yeah. I kind of thought that Littlefoot being the main character was who the store would fully focus on. Yeah. And everyone else would just be have their little uh, short thing to say oh here's the guy you run across and here's the cool thing he does yeah save the world no they're all they all have their own story they're all trying to get to the great valley for their own reason for the, the most part the same reason is beside the point yeah except for spike yeah spike is just there to be there exactly he's not even aware of what's around him uh-huh. but, uh and all the characters have distinct personalities i mean you've got ducky who they're always optimistic yep 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 right there all the uh-huh. time and always kind of a bright ray of sunshine with whatever's going on, even though she's an, uh, <laughs> yes, he's like a little bit annoying. You've got Petrie, who obviously is an overthinker. He's shy. Uh-huh. And when he finally does fly, spoiler alert, you do actually feel good for him. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like... After getting not so full from... you do something, Petrie? Uh, <laughs> Well, and he Spike, he does he does a lot more yeah. than Spike does. But Spike is an enjoyable lump. 
He's the guy. He's the guy you see there. It's like, okay, that's cool. You're there. You're just there for a good time. He's Winnie the Pooh without the honey. Yeah, and the personality. Yeah, because he's just kind of there. He's just he's kind of the the, the and he's, he's the he's the the goop the kudos, the pseudo's muscle. And kudos for Ducky adopting him into her family, despite the fact her mother and father didn't have a word in it saying it. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. They like, just kind of oh, accepted him, and he's our my brother now. It's like okay, that weird. Works. That is weird. It's just weird, but hey, he didn't have a family before, and he was kind of hiding in his eggs, so I guess he didn't have a family. Yeah, they all left, and it's like, oh, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Let's leave this guy behind. (laughs) So, yeah. And then, of course, Littlefoot is obviously the most well-realized character. Yeah, he's more fleshed out. But he's also kind of the most... He's the one that stresses me out the most, because it's like, do something, you stupid brontosaurus! You could have been there a lot faster if you just not been. St- I mean, okay. He he is he mourning, confused, mourning. He's mourning for his mother. Yes, granted. And to some degree, when you see the shadow, which is his shadow, and yeah. he thinks it's his mother, and I realize he's probably not even a week old for most of this movie. I'd say give it a couple of weeks at give least. A couple of weeks total. But this scene is—he's like maybe a week old. Yeah. Uh. I understand he's mourning and he doesn't quite understand what death is because yeah. his mother is the first person in his herd since he's been born who's died. Yeah. So I understand his mm-hmm. problem there. At the same time, it's like, that's not, that's your own shadow. You should have been able to tell that from a farther, from, from the distance you were at because it's moving the same way you're moving. And, uh, <laughs> and then the tree star. Okay. That dumb tree star. Okay. Yes, I recognize it was a gift from his mother from the dead. And that's how he saw it. That's why he thought it was important. Yeah. It's food. Eat it. <laughs> you could have had, had a lot better thing if you'd have just slowly, I'm not saying gobble the whole thing down in one go, but between you and the other four, because this was before Sarah joined the group. Yeah. Slowly work on that little bitty leaf for as long as possible so that you can survive. (laughs) Don't put it on your back like a doily. (laughs) Don't roll it up and then get mad at Petrie because he's tearing the tree star. It's a leaf. (laughs) It ain't gonna last long. It's your food. Okay, so... I'm sorry. I kind of... This is not my dislikes. (laughs) Believe it or not. Okay. I love how the characters have their their good points and they have their bad points. They're all well-rounded characters. They both annoy me and make me happy at about the same rates. Okay. So, what's your number two? Okay. I realized I kind of went on a little rant there. No, no, no. No, you're good. You're good, man. Uh, My... I'll get it later. (laughs) My number two is looking past prejudice. Yes. And there again, looking at when I was five years old, I didn't see this. Now, as an adult, I do. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was a stroke of genius looking at the fact that you have lawn necks and you have three horns. They don't mingle. You don't interact with each other. Be like, like three horns only are three horns. And that's all you have to be. Mm-hmm. And that is very definitely for our culture now. And definitely then was the fact that we were so divided, divided yeah. when it comes to like race and uh, everything else. So, it was the this character of Sarah 
it's like, okay, now I am alone. And her very vain attempts to be like, I'm still going to be a loner because I'm not supposed to hang out with anybody else except another three horn. And there's nobody else. And the scene that kind of culminates that is where all, all the dinosaurs are huddled around Sarah. And then one by one, they all go to Littlefoot. Mm -hmm. And then she's standing there all alone, all isolated. And, she could have stuck with her prejudice and be like, no, I'm going to do this by myself. But she realizes she needs warmth. She needs comfort mm -hmm. and she needs that security of others. Mm -hmm. And so she finally kind of joins the group in that with sleeping within that footprint. Begrudgingly. Yes. Begrudgingly. Yes. But she does in a way kind of represent us in a way. Mm -hmm. Not, not all of us because not all of us are always prejudiced or anything like that. But the, the idea that we, we do kind of isolate ourselves with, you know, our own kind or maybe even a nerd or kind of a, a our, our own clicks, our own least. clicks. Exactly. Be like some, like some people only hang around with nerdy people mm -hmm. or be like, I'm, I'm not going to associate with these kind of people because they're weird or, uh, but like, why would I hang out with this kind of person? Because prejudice comes in different shapes, forms, fashions. Yeah. And, uh, it's one thing just be like, you just get along with people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a three horn or a long neck or a duck bill or, or a flathead uh, or a flathead. Be like you, you're all Those flatheads and long necks are the same thing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just getting along. Mm -hmm. It's getting along. It's one thing like with my family growing up was that like me growing up because we had such a diverse class in my, where I was growing up because we had African-Americans, we had Hispanics, we had Asians and uh, it was just more, you, you saw them as a person. You didn't see them as be like, Oh, they're this and this and this and this. And so that's like, yeah, every, once in a while that would come up, mm -hmm. but at the same time, be like, I saw a friend of mine, Terry Jones as Terry. I didn't see him as an African American. Mm -hmm. So, or uh, my friend Richard be like, he was a Hispanic be like, I saw him as Richard. And uh, it was, it was a lot of just that understanding of be like, Hey, we're not all that different. We're not all different and be like, we're all created in the image of God. So why should we look at it, each other through racial lenses or prejudice? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that got, you know, I can't came away with this film. Okay. What's your number two? My number two, the second thing I liked about this movie was um, the animation. Oh, yeah. Despite my gripes of it being the same color environment for 99% of the movie. Yeah. There is not a point in there here where the animation seems flawed. There's a couple spots where I think, uh, like you can tell which part they're moving. Because admittedly, we're used to stuff. We're used to seeing stuff animated and seeing in a bipedal with two arms sort of situation. Yeah. We see stuff where it's four legged, but we have those animals to base it on. Yeah. Use always video footage you can look at. These, all five of the main characters in this, plus our major villain, plus pretty much any other moving character in this. Yeah. We had, there was no visual reference other than artist renderings, interpretations. And art, yeah, artist interpretations, which was in still, still drawings of these dinosaurs to figure out how they moved, how they walked, oh yeah, how they did anything. And there's a 
couple places in the uh, version I watched it on, which was on Amazon. Okay. That you could kind of tell where the different the, the colorations would change a little more than they probably should have because yeah. of how the how they would have had to layer the parts to make the character mm-hmm. on the animation still yeah. on the animation frame. You could see that in a couple spots, but none of that really stood out unless you were looking for it. Yeah, and I was intentionally looking for something, little something like this, something that was wrong because you kind of yeah. have to when you're looking critical. You have to look for what you like and what you don't like. Yeah, exactly. And while I could see that in some spots, it wasn't ever noticeable in terms. Of, I, I really had to be looking for it. Okay. And if when I relaxed that critical eye, it was gone. Okay. So. I appreciate that in the forms of the animation. I like how uh, throughout almost all of the movie, there is always at least, while even the, there's still parts, which admittedly are easy to animate and cheap, but yeah. <laughs> there's always something kind of moving in the background that kind of makes it still feel like the world is alive or at least dying because yeah. the world is far as we can tell is dying yeah but there is still some life left in it and i like how it always feels that way yeah so yeah that's my number two okay so my number three is a point in which uh littlefoot's mother kind of brings up is the idea of faith mm-hmm. the idea of faith of see, be like uh without seeing and the fact that littlefoot is being guided by his mother even though he cannot see her well, specifically, I think the line she uses, and I, I thought this was beautiful. It's why I'm wanting to quote it. Okay. Sometimes you see things with your eyes, and sometimes you say, see things, things with, with your, your heart. heart. Mm-hmm. Now, the more theologically based people will automatically scoff at the idea of the heart being a good thing because it's a den of iniquity that bring that makes mm. many idols and blah, 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 blah. Uh, yes. That's not the point we're getting at here. Yes. <laughs> the heart, as in the emotional center where your faith can come from. Yes. That's the eyes we're talking about. Yes. That's where those eyes are connected in this instance. Yes. It's the idea that, yes, we've never seen it before, but it doesn't mean it's not there. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. No, you're good. Be like, good point. Yeah. Just the fact that like Littlefoot is being guided by, is being guided by his mother, even though he, like she's no longer there with him. Mm-hmm. Be like, she's guiding him in spirit. Yes. In that same way with our, uh, like those of faith and those who believe in Jesus Christ be like, you are walking by faith. The fact that we, um, I just lost my point. <laughs> Sorry. Walking uh, by faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, walking faith by Jesus Christ. And just the, be like this, one. this was kind of, this was interesting. They actually went down that path, mm-hmm. went down this path of just using that. Be like, Oh, this is what my mother told me. Yeah. And, be like Sarah of all people kind of scoffing him because be like, you're believing be like your mother's dead. Be like, why are you following what she said? She's dead. And be mm-hmm. like, just scoffing at him, making, making fun of him. And, uh, in a way, it's like when, when you, when you walk by faith, you, you're, you're not walking by sight. You're walking by a belief Yeah, that be like, you're putting everything you hold dear to. You're holding every, be like, you're putting everything down, like all your cards down on that. Mm-hmm. And for Littlefoot, it pays off. Yeah. It pays off. Be like, he follows what his mother told him and the advice she gave him and was also kind of being guided by his, her spirit in a way. 
be like because you would see you would hear her voice mm-hmm. you would see her like a, a a silhouette of her on shadow and cloud formations something like that she was always there she mm-hmm. was always there kind of like there again going back to the christianity be like kind of the holy spirit guiding us guiding us yeah. directing us uh in our in our way in our path and so that's that's my number three is like you know they, they're walking into the unknown and they're only being guided by faith mm-hmm. that be like whatever is at the very end of this is going to be promising it's going to be fruitful yes. it's going to be the land of milk and honey and the promised land the promised land it's the promised land where you know all our problems are going to go away and so you even say they've been wandering in the wilderness all this time yeah exactly literally wandering in the wilderness <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and uh yeah tree stars yes so yeah that's my number three what's yours my number three it's a very good question <laughs> uh i'm gonna go with the with the uh my number three being the sharp tooth mm. the sharp tooth admittedly you see at the beginning right you see and he he, he provides a, an always source of terror Something yeah. that's always following, even though when they think he's dead, they know there's others out there. Mm-hmm. It is kind of that oncoming storm you always know is coming. Yeah, it's it's in the shadow it's the entire in time. The shadows, and you're just waiting for it to show back up. Right, and that always on sort of background horror, terror, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah, is felt throughout the whole movie because all they've got to. See all you need mm-hmm. to see is that eye open. Yeah. That's true of anytime anyone sees. But the fact that anytime you see, admittedly, the sharp tooth is an interesting creature because it's, one thing, it's not characterized. Yeah. Has no lines of dialogue. Frank Walker is literally just growling. Yeah. The entire like Frank Walker does. Like he does. He's very good at it. That's why yeah, he's he a great is. choice for this. And, it, the the sharp tooth is shown as almost a mindless beast. Yeah, it's just a monster. Yes, yeah, just a monster, and yet you can tell it has its own motivations too. Right. Yes, it's motivated by hunger. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's probably hungrier than the plant base, the plant eaters. Oh yeah, because it has to eat meat. In fact, one of the things I like that the narrator says is that at the very beginning was that. Uh, Despite the thought being that uh, the dinosaurs were dependent on one, one group of dinosaurs was dependent on plant and the other was dependent on meat. In reality, they were both dependent on the leaves. Yeah, pretty much. Because without one, you couldn't have the other. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's trying to get his own food, he's trying to survive himself. Right. You can't blame him that much okay you can't really blame him that much i mean you can we can blame him a little bit admittedly but he's just working off of his own motivations and they're not bad for him no he's only the villain because if he succeeds it means the death of all our characters that is true so he's just a hungry dino yeah he's they they could have gone the whole a uh, warranty rat situation and yep. had him somehow not, not be a fake leaf eater. <laughs> that <laughs> that would have been that, funny. That would have been funny, but would have been completely inappropriate. Yeah. But uh, he, they could have ha- gave him a, a character, made him a 
uh, mustache twirling villain, snidely whiplash, that sort yeah. of thing. And it might have worked as well. But this, I think, works better because he's not a villain villain. Yeah. He's an antagonist. He's going about his own motivations. And I like that they were, they thought, they believed the children to be smart enough mm -hmm. to know that he's, to quote another movie, he's a bad guy, but he's not bad guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you. So yeah, that's my number three. Okay, gotcha. What's your number three? Already went. But you're already number three. So now we're to our, our dislikes. Yes. What is your first dislike? Oh, my first dislike. Um, well, I had one down here, and then it dawned on me in the middle of this conversation, was Littlefoot's mother's death. Mm -hmm. Necessary for the story. Yes, necessary for the story. I'm not talking about the story itself. I'm talking about the animation. There is no animation. I will let that slide. Only because this is still a show for kids, primarily. Yes, oh, I agree. And you don't, while you still want, need her to pass. Yes. You don't need to see her bloody and have bite marks taken out of her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because that, that's, that's a good call for yes. definitely for a small, very small child's movie. It's for the same reason Mufasa still looks like he's sleeping. Yeah. And, and when he dies in The Lion King. Yes. My point is is the scene when I was a kid made me cry. Now as an adult makes me kind of frustrated because it's cheap. Because mm -hmm. it's you literally... You sausage is made and now you're mad. Yeah, exactly. There's a point where it's like, okay, you, you, you see a very close-up shot of Littlefoot and her and his mother. Mm -hmm. And it just zooms out. Yeah. there It's, it's a static painted shot. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching this like, what? I thought this was animated as a kid. And I'm watching this like, oh, that's just cheap. I will, Come on. I will also defend it in such a way that uh, we have absolutely no uh, even concept of how the Brontosaurus might have tried to defend itself. From Did you the see that tail? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, they the fight scene, the choreograph a fight scene between a giant Tyrannosaurus Rex yeah. and a Brontosaurus. Yeah, that scene was amazing. Be, it can be done. Yeah. It was done well. Yes. But the actual inflicting oh, yeah. of the pain is different. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. There's the... Uh, Plus, the tone of that scene had to shift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From the terror of being chased by the sharp tooth. Yes. Or the Tyrannosaurus, however you want to call it. Yeah. To, oh no, Littlefoot's mother is dying. Yes. We need to shift emotions from terror to sadness. Oh, yeah, and I we agree. we need to do it fast. Agreed. Agreed. And if done right, it will do it will work for us, but at the same time, you kind of can't... Anyway, I yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah. But at the same time, they did... <laughs> this had a budget. Oh, yeah, I completely and understand. They, <laughs> and it's still amazing the movie got made for the budget it had. Yeah, that is true. It be like as good as it does. Yeah, I, I, they had to save money somewhere. I will agree with you that the the fight between uh, Littlefoot's mother and Sharptooth was absolutely amazing. Like how be like the fact be like you literally be like the like that enormous brontosaurus tail mm -hmm. is coming in and just whack every time, and the the impact and everything was great. 
But this scene, it's literally a stagnant shot, literally just pulling full into frame. And it's just like, oh, that's so cheap. Because they, they could have had some kind of movement or something like that, mm-hmm. but they didn't. It was just a stagnant shot. And I was. Maybe she was paralyzed. Littlefoot wasn't. <laughs> Littlefoot was paralyzed with sadness. I. It still frustrated me. Oh, I know. <laughs> what is your number two? My number one. Despite. Yeah, number one. Spike's birth scene. Oh, gosh. Let me explain. Okay. The egg is the size of Ducky. Yeah. Spike is the size of Littlefoot but, and Sarah. Yeah, that is true. And he <laughs> appears to go from Ducky size to Littlefoot size. size in five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> if that. Literally, it is a frame. It is, here's the scene where Ducky and Spike are in, 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 yeah, here's all this movement. in the middle thing. And then camera moves out. We see Ducky run out at the size Ducky's supposed to be, and there's oh. Spike coming through the thing, eating through the thing. It's like, I don't think he's gonna grow that fast. Yeah, within a to be that size, and then just two. and then just stop growing apparently for a long time. Yeah, that was that was odd. Yes, is that scene f- bugged the crap out of me? It's like <laughs> continuity. What are you? Because you're not in this scene. <laughs> uh good point what's your number two my number two now correct me if i'm wrong i usually do okay (laughs) thank you so my gripe is when did shark tooth regain his second eye because throughout the entire thing be like we get shark tooth with one eye and then our final battle either either it's you know a different shark tooth or they forgot the character didn't have one eye (laughs) I'm not going to fight you over this one. Okay. Because while I was I, so badly confused. Well, I can to some degree see on one hand, if I, because here's the thing. I don't remember how Sharp Tooth looked at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. He had in one my, eye and one red eye. Okay. One red eye. One red He's eye. Got, is he, he still has that same red eye at the end. He has two red eyes at the very end. Well, the, by the end, both eyes are bloodshot. He's hungry. <laughs> no, it'd be like he literally had no eye. It was a closed eye socket. And he finally got it open. Apparently, or something like that. Haven't you had a crusted over <laughs> eye that was hard to get open? But you, but if you got your hand up there and you rubbed it, you get it out there. <laughs> Guess what Sharp Tooth can't do because it's got little beady arms. It can't reach its face to get the sleep out of its eye. I am wearing the wrong shirt because that other shirt I've got. <laughs> yes. With its Renaissance that, in the boat. That saying, would have been perfect. Row, 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 oh, night. <laughs> Good point. But yeah, it, it was, I don't know if it's continuity error or be like someone not paying attention more or this, or this is another than, Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> more than like, admittedly, I think you could claim that it's a different t-rex yeah but i don't think it's supposed to be a different t-rex yeah i think what we have is a fievel's hat situation yeah i think they made him they forgot something and they didn't catch it in time before animation was done that they couldn't change yeah because there's literally one point where um what is the pterodactyl's name petrie petrie yeah when petrie is huh (laughs) 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 uh so when connect you know how odd connections yes 
form yes. in my mind. We're not yes. going there. I'll explain it later. <laughs> okay. So when Petrie finally gets his, you know, gets his 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 wind underneath where he can fly again. So he's pulling at the, I believe the the eyelids, the the uh, the sharp tooth. Yes. I was like, okay, okay. There's supposed to be an eye in that that socket. Where did that eye come from? Well. <laughs> Really, yes, it could be another uh, shark remember, tooth. Remember what I said a minute ago about how the little Tyrannosaurus Rex can't reach that and get <laughs> sleep out of its eye? Petrie unknowingly <laughs> helped the poor boy. <laughs> yeah, but his eye was open before that. And you point. <laughs> Either way. It's a whole... The eye situation is a problem, I'll grant you. But it didn't affect me that much. Oh, uh, okay. Because I forgot that he didn't have one eye at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> okay, then. So, what is your number dos? My number two dislike. It's 70 minutes long. <laughs> okay. This, and, and, here's, and here's why I'm claiming. On one hand, I'm mad that it's 10 minutes shorter than what I, than the movie I needed for the, 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 <laughs> to get on the 100 movie list that I'm on. Yes. It has to be at least 80 minutes, and this movie is 70. So, that is one frustration. But I will leave that. But that's not okay. Why. That's not the the movie's fault. Okay. I can't use that as a critique against the movie. What I can do is the fact that this movie feels like they intended it to have be a musical, but left all the songs out. Okay. It's feel there are a couple of times where it feels like they're want they're trying to transition into a, a song. Okay, scene. that makes sense. But of course they never do because the only song and the whole thing is the end credits. Yeah. And oddly enough, all the others are musicals. Yes. This feels like it should be a musical. And there's plenty of times where it feels like the scene is shifting from dialogue to music, but it never shifts. And the fact that it's only 70 minutes long in an era where Disney was putting out hour and a half and that's who they're competing with so they at least have to put an hour and a half yeah you would think they'd want to it feels like it's missing about half an hour's worth of content because huh. it feels like there's supposed to be music there but there's not huh, huh. it's I, I admit that is a weird thing to think yeah it makes but sense it does feel there's a, there's a couple of times where like okay for instance there's that point where they're all kind of humming and singing along with each other, but it doesn't match what the music background music is doing. Yeah, that is true. That feels weird. Okay. It feels flipping weird. It's like, this feels like a vestige of a song that yeah. is not there, but you already had this animated and you couldn't, and because of how the scene flowed, you yeah. couldn't get rid of the animation. So you just tried to make it work, and it really doesn't. Oh, okay. That's just an example of what I'm talking about. There's a couple more subtle times where this okay. happens, where yeah. maybe the editing was better. I don't know. I yeah. have no idea if there was even music intended, but it feels like there was. Okay. So anyway, that's my number two. What's your number three dislike? My number three. If you have one. I actually do, actually. The it's actually a um, a physical problem mm -hmm. with the disc I own. <laughs> Good. All right. So besides it being four by three and yeah, pan and scan, yeah, that is true. It is pan and scan. That's the problem. <laughs> yes. So that's why I went to HBO uh, on okay. Amazon to watch it in widescreen because I wanted to watch the whole frame. That's just how I am. Yeah, that's understandable. 
If it's, yeah, if I didn't it's made in widescreen, I want to see it in widescreen. Yeah, I didn't realize this was in, in a... Pan and scan. I, I didn't realize it was a pan and scan when I started watching it. I was like, oh, okay. Didn't even think about it, because there again, my my mind is going back to, oh, I'm five years old again, or I'm yeah. you know seven years old again. The um, problem is it has been formatted to fit a screen that you no longer have. Yeah, exactly. So it's lying to you, because it <laughs> says it's formatted to fit this screen, and it's not. not. <laughs> Sorry. And also... My main point is the digital transfer is absolutely horrendous on this disc. It's worse than you think. Okay. Because it's not just your disc. Okay. It's on the digital version on Amazon. Really? There was noise, digital noise, throughout the entire film in the visual. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. White. Most of that's because... Okay, I'm going to call it digital noise. It's not digital noise. Yeah. This is actually my number three also. So oh, okay. We're going to combine on this one. This is, once combined. again, this is not the film's fault. A, yeah. a decent transfer yeah. fix a lot of this. But here's part of your problem. Yeah. The problem is, A, a lot of these scenes are dark. Yeah, they are. A. B, the movie was shot on film. Mm-hmm. For obvious reasons. Those two things put together are always a problem with digital transfers, depending mm. on the age of the film stock. Yeah. This film stock was from 88, mm-hmm. which means it's now 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well it was stored. I'm guessing, based on what I saw, it wasn't stored very well. Or we are on, or more worryingly, this is not the original film Masters. This is a reproduction that was put in a theater. Yeah. And it could be that Universal, who I'm, ass- I'm assuming they're the ones who own have the... They do. I know they're the distributor, but I'm assuming they're the ones who stored the film. Yeah. I don't. I know they had a... Didn't they have a fire about 10 years ago that caused them to lose a lot of stuff? Yeah, there was quite a bit of uh, and loss. And it could be that... Those original film masters, which is what ideally yeah. a transfer should be made from coming forward. Because yeah. ideally, you ought to be able to go from those film masters, do an eight, four, either a 4K scan or an 8K scan. Ideally yeah. 8 because it's the bigger one. And it's probably bigger than we're ever going to, add, to realistically see in a retail market for the next 100 years, in my opinion. Okay. Unless you really do think those numbers actually cause an increase in visual acuity. And I'm just saying, if you don't have a 100-foot screen, you won't tell the difference between 4K and 8K. But that's beside the point. Right. This is me getting technical. Uh, This looks like uh, it was a a transfer, at least on on the digital. You, of course, had the DVD transfer. Yeah. I think I had the DVD transfer. This looks like it was transferred. This looks like it was the VHS to DVD transfer. That's what I thought. Part problem one. And that the VHS transfer was not a the transfer from film to VHS is not the original film transfer to VHS that may have been done back in the day. It may be a later one where the film has degraded. The film they were using to do it has degraded a little bit. The magnetic heads might have on the, on the VCR recorder, VHS recorder might've been a little worn. It's the nature of the beast with how those machines worked. Right. And it could just be the master they saved the V because this looks like it's a VHS master. Yeah, it does. It unfortunately is not at the best quality one would hope. Yeah. And that is a problem both on the digital version as well. Oh, okay. Ironically, though, every single clip I saw on YouTube Hmm. last week 
when we were find, trying to find a clip for our teaser, yeah. looked beautiful. Oh, yeah. Why can't I have that version? <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, I think it was in 2006, 2006, 2006 2009, mm-hmm. when they released it on Blu-ray. When they released it on Blu-ray, they went back and digitally restored it. They digitally restored the film. Okay, that that explains why you didn't have the good transfer. Yeah. That doesn't explain why I didn't have the good transfer. Apparently, Amazon only used that, ori- well, that Amaz- original transfer. From what I could tell, the Amazon... Well, hey, I still had a HBO seven-day trial. Yeah. I've since canceled it because okay. I don't want to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. So, I uh, it could be that the HBO version yeah. that was on Amazon is the VHS transfer while perhaps the DV, the, the rental version was the better transfer. I don't know, but yeah, be very careful when you're looking at this stuff out there, people, because some yeah. of it's not a good transfer yeah. and it's very distracting. Yes, it is. Like so, you said, there's a lot of white noise in a this. A lot of movie. white noise in there. And, it's, and a and lot colored, of just color just distortion is oh, yeah. terrible. Oh Yeah. Sarah's head looked about three shades lighter than her body. It did. Time. It did. That was crazy. Well, I'm, I, I'm thinking that's, and that, that's the main reason I was thinking that was uh, seeing the different layers. Yeah. Because obviously her head layer would, the, the, the animation layer for her head would be mm-hmm. different from the animation layer. Oh yeah. For her body. And that would get a lighter tone in self in the, in, in the, in that photograph. Oh yeah. But in, in, with a proper restoration and a proper transfer, shouldn't see that i mean look at uh like for instance the loop in the third right when we did that was a beautiful transfer oh absolutely older than this yeah and you can't see all this trouble admittedly it was a recent transfer and it was definitely blu-ray but yeah yeah i do kind of i'm kind of curious if you watch that version on an old crt at 480 if you even notice all these problems (laughs) because it could just be we're looking at it on too good a television for the transfer we've got. Yeah, that could be that could be a case. But anyway, yeah, yeah that was that was the main problem. One of the third problem because it just it's a terrible train. It looked terrible. I agree. I agree. So, what are you rating this movie? Oh gosh. Well, when I first started writing this, after I just watched it, after I reviewed it, uh, I gave it a lower number. So, I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Give it a six. Originally, I was going to give it a five, but the fact that the story does have a very decent story, mm-hmm. decent story, uh, minus it has a, some problems, definitely with its transfer. And uh, I'm really wish I went about the Blu-ray. <laughs> Just thinking about it. But there again, I'm cheap. Uh, I'm aware. <laughs> I mean uh, that in a good way. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, number, um, blah, a six. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll definitely give it a six. It's a good story. Um, there again, it does have its problems. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun story. It's a bit boring. It's a bit yes. of a boring story. But at the same time, it's it's an interesting story. I know, I'm kind of being a little bit, be like, kind of. You're trying to compose your thoughts on how yeah, you would rate, give a final exa- rating for exactly. it. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, I'm getting, yeah, it's a six. Got, into the mic. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a six, with you know the nostalgia feeling behind it, and yeah, it's definitely a six. Okay, I, I'm gonna give it a five point five. Okay. Uh, a, I don't have the nostalgia boost you've got. Okay. 
So there's that. Plus, uh, some of the uh, frustrations I have with it kind of do make it feel a little like it could have been better. And it yeah. just isn't. Yeah. Um, it's not one I'm going to plan to watch again, but it's still, I understand its importance. And uh, it does at least establish a major franchise, despite the fact it wasn't int- intended to. No. So, yeah. It's a, it's a 5.5 for me. Okay. Which brings us to the end of another episode. Uh, normally here, we would roll for our next episode. However, with only two episodes left in Don Bluth month. Mm-hmm. And so we can't go back. And uh, anyway, what is our next movie? Our next movie will be All Dogs Go to Heaven. Okay. We're going right for the throat then, I see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So join us next week for All Dogs Go to Heaven. And we might get a little sad. But anyway. Yeah, a little bit. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob E. Heron. Also at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw every day. I'm getting better at that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. And also you can find me on Letterboxd. At Jacob Heron, one one word, one word, and I don't have nothing up there yet except my favorite film being, uh, yes, my favorite, yeah. yeah, my favorite movie being Back to the Future. Other than that, I think we're good. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Drew Dodgen. You can also check uh, my the Facebook page Drew's Photo Bin. To see pictures I take, I need to update it. I've been saying that for three months now, so probably I should do this eventually. Anyway, uh, you can also find me on Letterbox at ggeorge759, and you can follow me on Twitter at ggeorge759. You can follow both of us. No. You can join us on our website yes. at thecellcast.podbean.com. Mm-hmm. There you will find links to, jo- to uh, listen to us on... Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you will find a link to our Facebook group now called the Double Feature Podcast Community. It is called such because we have partnered with a, with a new podcast that we're on uh-huh. called the Movie of the Week Podcast yes. that you can hear us on over there. Talk about talking about live action movies. Uh, we do have a stacked year over there. Yes, we do. <laughs> And Big it looks stack. like next year's going to be stacked, too. Yeah. So, yeah, come join us there for all the fun you can have with live-action movies. Yeah, the shenanigans that come with it. Yes. Uh, also, you can email us at thecellcast.podcast no, at gmail.com. Uh, please uh, rate, comment, and subscribe to us wherever mm-hmm. you found us. And share us with your friends. And uh, remember that every time I've said the words, the cell cast, that is with a single L. L. Have I missed anything? No, I think you're good, man. Okay, then. Well, in that case, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you in the next frame.
next time on dog amongst us and wishing you the best of luck in your new venture and now as a token of our esteem we are presenting to you this lucky gold watch <laughs> uh, <laughs> looking and keeps on ticking well, uh -huh. take charlie out back the big surprise. Surprise? What surprise, Bulls? The big surprise. Oh, you mean that surprise? I don't You moron. <laughs> the dog on spell. A swell could ever have. <laughs> I love you guys. You want to sing with me? You want to sing with me? Charlie! You can't keep a good... You, can't, you know this? You can't keep... You can't keep a good dog now. This is the mark. Now stay here and don't peek, Charlie. Hey, listen, sing with me. I've been fat and thin. I've been out and been in. <laughs> or you can't keep a good dog. Shut up. Charlie! <laughs> Kill it, shut up, shut up, shut up! Can't keep a good dog down!